0: Hey, 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 what's up, La Familia, you crazy football loving nutters? This is Ray Hudson, and you are
1: luxuriating in listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex, two lads who are as electrifying as
0: a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be it's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. It's a shame you didn't go up to Minnesota, buddy. Because, like in my eyes, you're you're the all star here.
1: Oh man, I appreciate that. I uh, I would have sent you though. So I mean, looks like neither one of us were going in. <laughs> I've
0: been living down here too long, buddy. My uh, my blood thinned out. I can't even go to the northern states for fear of a, a snowstorm, even though it's the middle of August.
1: I mean, to be fair, I also refuse to go anywhere farther than the northern pa border after september because i think there's going to be a snowstorm so i don't think i'm really a northerner anymore i'm not quite a southerner i'm maybe i'm more of like mid-atlantic blood i don't know
0: not midwest yeah you're just like you're in that weird kind of no man's land area if you don't want to claim uh being from from the north
1: that uh, Appalachia-Back Mountain <laughs> yes. Sasquatch.
0: There you go, that <laughs> Eastern Kentucky. But uh, welcome, everyone, to the Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, joined by, per usual, Mr. Than Harrington. How's it going, buddy? Anything new in your life?
1: Dude, it is just ramping up here. We have Mr. Riley starting his soccer season up uh, yesterday. Had a... Uh, a little bit of a friendly versus the nine-year-old squad, seven-year-old versus nine-year-old. I was expecting a bloodbath. They ended up uh, they they lost, but it was four-three. Uh, he got in goal, played some uh, left back, played some left wing, played some right wing, and uh, yeah, three more games this weekend. So I'm I'm gonna be needing coffee and Red Bull straight to the veins. All
0: right, well, well, good for good for Riley. I saw he was you know rocking uh, a shade of blue that neither of us are fans of we'll say uh to to put it uh lightly yeah it's it's
1: appropriate to bring that up for who our opponent is this uh this coming weekend but he straight up told his coach my dad and my mom said that i can't wear this shade of blue and i don't want to either but i'll make an exception for the team and his <laughs> coach just looked at me looked at me and i'm like yeah he's been trained well we were red in this household so there we yeah there good on are. him he, he's he's already there
0: well, uh, you know, full disclosure to all the listeners, we, we've been experiencing some technical difficulties up here for uh, for a little bit, so bear with us if it gets a little sketchy at any time. So let's go ahead and get into this so we can, you know, get going while the, while the going's good or whatever that weird saying is. So hot breaking news, man. Oh, I mean, I don't really have anything much to say except for the fairly you know, felt like devastating news, but thankfully... Iguain's really just finding his uh, his form with Pozuelo, just dishing him beautiful balls. But Mr. Leo Campana, sculpted from the gods of the gods in God's image, is dealing with an injury and will be out four to six weeks in arguably the most crucial uh, month of the season. As you know, every game matters, every point matters. So we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully Coco's going to be back very, very soon with the uh, muscle abductor injury. I'm not a physio, so I don't, I don't really know much about those or what the recovery time is, but uh, that's really what I, I'd say here. Is there anything on your mind as far as hot breaking news you want to quickly discuss before we dive into this uh, Canadian conundrum?
1: No, not really. I mean, you touched on it. Our, our, Leonardo Campana situation's not great. You claim he's been sculpted by the gods. If if he has been sculpted by the gods, he is definitely Achilles right now because <laughs> we, we we need him to get that one little nagging thing fixed and then get back out in the field so we can uh, pick up as many points as possible and have as many options as possible.
0: And that's just a little Greek mythology education, right there, boys and and girls. Uh, but yeah, you know, so we're looking probably. I guess best guess, they said four to six weeks. So we're gonna say like mid September will be his return. Um, it's not really gonna matter if we don't get the points we need this month. Uh, we do have five games coming up in September. He'll probably I would say maybe the earliest for the the Columbus game on the on the thirteenth. But then, you know, the other area of concern here that we'll just kind of touch on briefly won't make it uh, all about uh, Leo. But you know, he is vying for a spot on the Ecuadorian men's national team for the World Cup. So my only concern here is that could this be season over? Could he just talk with, you know, the the, the training staff and Phil and basically not really want to risk it or or ruin his World mm-hmm. Cup chances. That's the 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 situation we're just going to have to see, you know, keep a keep eyes on and see how that develops.
1: I wouldn't be upset with him if he said, hey, I want to shut it down for the World Cup. I mean, I might be the, the one out of a thousand that would say that, um, but the man's worked for it, and this is one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Uh, I'd say go for it, dude. I mean, if the season's well and truly done by like three weeks into his recovery time, shut it down. Go, go play your, Go play what you dream of playing in the backyard go play in the biggest stages in the world. Go just go
0: for it. I mean, here would be my advice cuz we all know that, you know, Leo's a big big fan of the show and listens to every single episode. I'd just say, "Hey, you know, we we'll, we have no problem with you just, you know, calling it quits for the remainder of the season as long as you sign a 2 to 3 year deal with us on a permanent basis.
1: And then he has to come on and be our co-host when one of us can't."
0: Yes, exactly. Precisely. Okay. Yes. That, that that's how I would structure it if if I was, yes. you know, Phil Neville. But uh, but let's get into it. We did have a game up in uh, Canada. Oh, Canada, you're kind of, uh, I don't know about neighbors. I mean, geography is kind of sketchy. Not far from you. I know you have, you do quite a bit of respect for Quebec. Uh, respect for, is Montreal in Quebec? I don't know. <laughs> they don't teach much in, in American <laughs> education about anyone outside of this country. So... Uh, you know, shout-out to our Canadian friends. I do love poutine, uh, and I have respect for people that play hockey, fight all the time, and drink really, really heavy beers. Nothing wrong with that lifestyle.
1: It sounds like you just described the the all-encompassing plot of uh, Shorzy and Letterkenny. So, uh, shout-out to my, two of my favorite shows. Check them out if you haven't watched them. Uh, but to your point, yes, we did have a game. Uh, 2-2 draw. A uh, little disappointing. Uh, it was... Classic wake up, wake up, wake up situation. The first five minutes, it looks like we didn't know where we were. Um, but you know what? Before we get into that, let's get into how they ran out. Uh Jay, I had it down as a four, three, three. Do you concur?
0: Yeah, dude, I don't know. I'm really getting sick of, <laughs> of the different four. The Club will release the graphic of a four, four, three, then they'll show like a four, two, three, one. So I'm just gonna go with what the graphic is because I always like the way that's laid out. Kind of standard standard uh, way we've been playing. You could argue four, two, three, one if you would like, though. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, it's indifferent. That's just the weird mystery of this season in particular is this club's indecisiveness on their channels.
1: Maybe next year we'll actually know what formation we're playing after the fact, let alone right before we're supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, anyways, the lineup, big Drake and Net. We had uh, McVeigh, Sailor, Mobika, Yedlin Lacrosse the back line. Duke Mota and Gregory in the middle of the park with Mota kind of slotting back, depending on what graphic you're looking at. Uh, he's slotting back at that CDM and then Robbie Taylor, Gonzalo and Pozuelo to round it off across the top. Uh, what'd you think of the lineup?
0: You know, for kind of dealing with what we, we have right now, uh, obviously dealing with, you know, several injuries as we just discussed, but you know, I'll, I'll take it. Gonzalo has been, uh, you know, in his form. So, uh, this is about, I think, as best as as Phil could honestly uh, do. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking right now. By the way, so early graphic release four three three, kickoff graphic released five three two. So I don't I don't know what's happening here. I think they rotated in between a four three three and four two three one. But yeah, so you're right. You know, this is a game where you kind of let it get away. Wake up, wake up, wake up. All that good stuff. Fun fact, I was watching this on my cell phone at a Child's birthday party. So not the, the ideal uh scenario I like to enjoy away games, but um, you know it felt bad at first, but it was quickly relieved, and I'll let you kind of explain how this uh these first two goals broke down. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So fifth minute, uh Romo Kyoto. Uh, had a ball whipped into him from the right side of the field. Uh, McVeigh kind of made a weird decision. He backpedaled. He knew where Kyoto was. He then turned towards Drake rather than turning towards Kyoto. And Kyoto was allowed just to just volley it right in past Drake's outstretched hand to what would be Drake's left side, right side if you're watching it on TV. Not anything special to give up. It really wasn't. It, it was one of those ones. Like it was funny. I'm sitting there watching it, and I just threw my hands up in the air. And <laughs> Riley's looking at the TV, and he goes, "Bruh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Another that's exactly one. what. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's Another just, one. like it, it wasn't anything. Could Duke have closed down on the pass? Yes. Could McVeigh have changed his direction and been more uh, aware in the box? Yes. But at the end of the day, Kyoto got a good foot on it. Drake missed it and it didn't miss by much, but missed just enough. And, uh, one, nil. that's what it was.
0: I think it's a little harsh to, to blame Drake in that situation. Though. I mean, it's, well, it's a fairly close goal and not a ton of time to react there.
1: I don't think I'm blaming Drake. I'm just saying like, it wasn't that far away from his hand that he, yeah, yeah. he, if McVeigh would have given him a little more pressure, Drake would have had a better shot of, of making that save. I think.
0: Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, Hey, the, the sadness did not last long at all. And, uh, Man, you got to hype this one up right here, buddy, because this was some beautiful uh, play by by one of the fan favorites, we'll say.
1: Yeah, so Bryce Duke was holding the ball up in the middle of the park, decides that he wants to start turning up the field, and he absolutely nutmegs a defender. Filthy, uh, filthy.
0: Hold on real quick. Yeah. No, it, that's the wrong one. Let's give him some applause. i got to update this soundboard. He deserves more than applause. Throwing an air horn, triple air horn. Sick move. Sick, sick move. Just, just graceful, like a little gazelle. Sorry, buddy. Continue.
1: No, it's fine. You know, I will say one of the best parts about watching that game was I had the surprise joy of having Ray Hudson on my TV up here. It doesn't happen often for an away game. So to hear Ray Hudson was like, oh, 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 as Brace hit him with that nutmeg made mm-hmm. it even better. Uh, but then Bryce finds Pozzuolo, uh roaming in the middle of the park. Pozuelo was able to draw in two defenders because they're fearing he's going to make a move or cut away. And he catches Gonzalo streaking down the middle of the box. Gonzalo cuts to his left and just puts the deft of Chip right up over the keeper into the net. Um, that is a veteran striker move right there. That's that calm. is not that that was just a classic veteran. I've been here before striker chip. Like that he's is absolutely his, gorgeous. He's
0: found his form, which is great. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, maybe this we this will be a discussion later on the show. Maybe you have something up in, in only fans for this, but you know, I don't mean to spoil, but Gonzalo's had a rough two years and everyone's been complaining because he's complaining, but my man comes from top league play top league service. And he finally, Finally has Pozuelo here, who is a righteous player in his own account. Even without Gonzalo, Pozuelo would have been making a huge difference regardless. But the fact that he can find those balls, cut defenses, dissect lines to find Gonzalo, you can see how much happier Gonzalo is. You can see the, the he's giving more effort. He's smiling more. He's having fun. There's not as many complaints. Yes, we'll still complain a bit. But, man, what a godsend Pozuelo has been.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say Pozuelo found Higuain's form because, like, like you said, the, the the it was night and day difference between Pozuelo being here and, obviously, everything we've dealt with for the past couple of years. It, I can live with the the hands pointing towards the boot or the hands on the head in the occasional manner nowadays. Mm-hmm. Not every single play. And, plus, he's running. He's just, he's showing the effort he's running. He's patting everybody on the head. He's, he might throw his hands up, but I also saw him during the Montreal game, throw his hands up and then show what he was seeing during the water break. And that was, that was different. And I was like, okay, I can accept this.
0: Yeah. the Kind of that coaching um, up aspect that we, you know, we mentioned, you know, I think once, maybe twice earlier this season, is he's kind of, he's taking on more of that mentor role. Finally, he's not just trying to be the star but he's trying to improve everyone around him because it's only going to get us better results.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. But speaking of results, we had more to do in this match. Oh yeah. Uh, Kyoto 21st minute, uh, they were picking on our boy McVeigh again. Um, to be honest, I saw it real time. I said, well, it's a pen. That's gotta be a pen. Cause the ball just doesn't take a, a flick off like that and make the way it, uh, or make it change a flight like it did. Um, Went to VAR, went to review. Uh, McVeigh had an outstretched hand as he went up to defend the ball coming into the box. Kyoto stepped up uh, for the penalty. He went to Drake's left. Drake guessed the right way to mm-hmm. just sneaks underneath cool. his torso. Yeah. Literally just sneaks underneath his torso. You could see the
0: frustration uh, in Drake afterwards. You know, he's over, you know, kind of down, looking down to the pitch, arms up, and you can see him kind of slamming his face like he, he – he, I, you can't really blame a keeper in a penalty, right? Like, no one's going to judge you if you can't save a penalty. If you do save it, right, you're the hero. But you can you can tell that that he knew that he could have saved that he had it gone just a, a little different. But it, the ball went right in the perfect area, just kind of right on that upper torso, Ew. lat side in between his armpit. Uh, you know, no harm, no foul, but so close. I almost thought he had it.
1: Uh, I, if you went like a 10th of a second later, I think he gets his elbow on it. Like that's how close mm-hmm. it was. It was, it, it was beautiful. Um, a beautiful dive, beautiful pen, like what is what it is. Um, but yeah, and that was pretty much how we rounded out the first half. It was, uh, cagey and contentious throughout the rest of the match. Uh, first half, I should say. Uh, and we went in down two one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then we made some subs, you know, not too far into the the second half, 56 minute. Uh, brings out Mota for Vasilev, brings out Robbie Taylor for Joven Jones. And then 6th uh, minute, Pozuelo comes off. We send in the Rhino himself, Mr. Emerson Rodriguez, just full of confidence now. And then uh, a minute later, Igwain comes off for Ari Lasseter. And then we'll take it to the 78th minute when Mobika is subbed off for just the Swiss Army utility knife, one of Phil's favorite players, Victor Uyoyah, And, you know, we, it was a bit frustrating. We were giving effort. We were, we were, you could tell he was making the changes, trying to get some pace and and some energy into the second half, which, uh, which brings us over to the 79th minute here, buddy. Take us off.
1: I wish the fans could like see us right now. Cause like I've I've got, I've had my head in my hands, just thinking about you saying the Rhino coming onto the field. Uh, I couldn't see you because I'm
0: only working on one computer right now. So like I'm, Switching tabs between the outline and and I like know, notes and stuff like that, so I'm sorry, I couldn't even see you doing that. But yeah, I'm just I'm in the round. Full disclosure:
1: if you haven't seen this goal, this might be the ugliest one we've scored in our history. It's no, the most comical. No, no,
0: no, no, it, no, 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 not not yes, in the history. Come on,
1: I was, Okay, it deserves the Benny Hill theme music as as Emerson's running into the box. It definitely does. Like I would argue Compana's
0: third goal for the hat trick was uglier than this or he like barely was able to tap it in this. I Yes, not pretty, but effort wise.
1: Effort, effort wise. high, but I think we're going to agree to disagree because this third <laughs> this time one... is a charm
0: all in the same Ooh. sequence, bro. I don't I, I all right. you, got, you, you, you run through it, bro. All
1: right. So Emerson's running free on the left-hand side. Emerson cuts to his right, puts a shot on goal, which goes off the keeper. <sighs> Emerson tries to take another shot, But the ball is deflected by another defender, and he ends up on his ass. Yeah, He gets off his ass, Yeah, quickly sees the goalkeeper is coming out, and I thought he was just going to blast it at the keeper's face. I was like, ah, here we go. I thought he was going to lay it off.
0: I thought he was going to lay it off. Like, I think it was someone on each side. Nah, we know how this man rolls.
1: Now, he looks to the uh, the open right-hand side of the goalkeeper, which would be his left, and just calmly. Like, it looked like a slow roll in. Like it looked like a defender may have been able to clear it off the line if they weren't all on their butts, uh, and that tied the game up two-two. It was absolutely comical. That's that's the only way I can describe it. Like
0: it's one of those goals that like gets you furious when you play FIFA.
1: I was just gonna say it's like one of those ones where you're holding down the fort, you've parked the bus, you're pulling the Jose Mourinho, and you end up giving it up in the 90th plus four because, as we like to call it, it's the cheese. The mm-hmm. absolute cheese, mm-hmm. but,
0: um, but we, you know, ten more yeah. minutes of of trying to get after it too. You know, and we had one, you know, pretty solid chance to to sneak a win out here. But given our away record and just the crucial month we're in, and how packed the middle of the Eastern Conference table is, we'll take this this one point and and be happy that we got a point. I was uh, at that point driving home from the child's birthday party with Quinn in tow just playing on my phone and like that w- I was just I was just so happy that we could at least really sneak a point out of there and when he did score that goal you know reach back and fist pounded Quinn and uh yeah man I mean it's, it's it's a good fight and I mean again props to Emerson for not giving up and just third time's a charm keep keep going uh but take us through uh through the statistics here bud
1: all right, so as always, Inter-Miami is going to be first, and then our opponent, in this case, Montreal. So possession, 48.8 to 51.2. Shots, 8 to 13. Shots on goal, 4 to 5. Passes, five eleven to 5-15. That might be one of the closest games we've seen in the that passing department.
0: Right that has to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, corners four to six saves three to two fouls eight to nine. And if it's your first time listening to near Miami podcast, the only one we care about here, yellow cards, which we lost the battle this time <laughs> zero to one with Bummer. no reds. Bummer. So uh,
0: like, man, I mean, eight thirteen 13 shot. This is another game where, you know, we're, we're kind of withstanding a, a pretty solid uh, attacking team. They're third in the East. Kyoto is, is Kyoto rather is, is a threat. Team's good. Uh, Mihailović, he played okay this game, you know, wasn't really like a super stud or anything like that. But Georgie will, will, will bounce back, I'm sure. Uh, but I mean, look, good job for by the defense again, playing with some players down. You know, all in all, on the again, our away record is just absolutely, absolutely pitiful. This actually did help improve it. Uh, we're now at uh, <laughs> two wins, seven losses, and three draws, so we're, we're, we're kind of getting up there, but not nearly uh, playing at drive pink there. What were your uh, kind of positives or negatives that you take away from this game, bud?
1: Uh, negatives. We came out flat. I mean, we could just sit there and say that. I mean, I, I think I either said, or I tweeted that I've seen more pop and fizz out of a week old soda. Hmm. Like that's, that's just how flat we were. It, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, positives. We, we, we showed the league. We got that dog in us. And honestly, when Emerson scored that last goal, I thought we were going to win it. I honestly I thought we were going to win it. um, other than that, I mean, I, I don't usually get too critical on Phil, but I wish we would have seen some subs a little bit sooner. Not saying that we had a lot of options to deal with, especially with all the injuries, uh, especially with Shockley Hundal not traveling up yeah. with the team. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I gonna, guess it's not I'm really gonna, me.
0: I'm gonna have to to push back a little bit. I, I'm. It could have been worse. 56 minutes to make the subs wasn't wasn't horrible. Could have been worse. We've seen worse.
1: Yeah. No, we have. I just, I guess if, if I'm looking for a negative, yes, we didn't win. Okay. That's, that's a cherry pick. That's a, that's a low hanging fruit. So I would have to say maybe some more meaningful subs to maybe give us a chance to snag that third goal, but I'll take it. I really can't complain. I'll take it.
0: I like it. I, you know, positives for me, Igwain continues just to, to show that he is you know, one of the best strikers in the league. Even if the overall like golden boot record doesn't show it I mean this man hasn't played nearly as many games as the rest uh love to see Emerson continue to develop I, I still you know still think he's our 2027 MLS MVP of the league right there uh but you know yeah like the the, the finishings getting better we're playing more as a team it's it just it's finally finally there now again this could wheels could fall off like they did last year after we, you know, we've, we've had some good stretches. So still a, a crucial time. Can't really, you know, be happy. I mean, we can, we can be happy. The fans can be happy that we snuck a point. The team just needs to, you know, we could have had three. Let's move on. Let's focus on the next game. We're going to have to, we got a tough opponent coming up here rematch uh, at home. So it's going to be a really good game on Saturday. We're going to get that to that in just a little bit. Uh, But go ahead and bring us to the different types of rankings we we highlight.
1: All right. We're going to do rapid fire rankings. I think that's what we're going to call it from now on. I like that. (laughs) I like that. All right. So power rankings, believe it or not, (laughs) with the exact same win and draw that Montreal had, Montreal moved up and we fell four spots in the power rankings because that's what we do. It's insane. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I know I text you. I was like, do you believe this?
0: Doesn't surprise and, me at all. It's 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 crazy. No, like they're not even giving it, us credit didn't for like sur- doing so well with sanctions and like you know having to put together a completely new team. Like that's they they forgot about that already. It just feels like we're being punished yeah.
1: now. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say I was surprised. I was definitely pissed off. That's though. That's like like okay, guys, come on. There's no rhyme or reason to this. But anyways, let's get into it. Uh, we are in twenty fourth. We are down four from last episode. Uh, we are currently behind Charlotte at 23rd, Atlanta, 22nd, and Orlando in 21st. We are ahead of Houston in 25th, San Jose in 26th, and Sporting Kansas City in 27th. Um, Honestly, with the folks who are around, I think that's kind of fair to a point. But again, I also don't think we should have dropped like we did.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Um, Moving to the Eastern Conference. Jump to Supporter
0: Shield because we're going to want to discuss, I think, a little bit more in depth on – the Eastern Conference and how compact compacted it. So let, let's finish out with that. So let's do Supporter Shield now.
1: Got, got it. All right, Supporter Shield. So we are in 19th. We are behind Orlando in 18th, Chicago in 17th, Colorado in 16th. Uh, we are ahead of Vancouver in 20th, the Rebs in 21st, and Charlotte with 22nd. I You know, one of these days, I'm not going to say Chicago when I go to say Charlotte. I almost did it again. I'm so you, no worries. Yeah, it's okay.
0: I'm are right, right behind Orlando and right behind him in the table. I love it. I love yeah. it. Can so I, I'm going to enjoy that jumping. If, and when let's, tried. let's go ahead and talk
1: about that. Then Eastern conference, we are in ninth with 30 points. This is how tight it's getting folks. Orlando is ahead of us in eighth with 30 points. And they are only ahead of us by one goal. In goal differential,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Chicago is in seventh with 30th point or with 30 points. Again, we are only behind on goal differential. Cincinnati is in sixth with 32 points. So, also again, notable, New England right.
0: has 30 points as well at tenth, right below us. So, this really is that kind is of a four-way draw for the seventh spot, broken down right now by goal differentials. Um, well. I guess technically New England would have that on goal differentials, but they have won less win, uh, same amount of points here. So uh, they also, you know, have a game in hand on everybody. They've only played 23. Everyone else has played 24. That's going to be interesting to watch. Just below that, Charlotte only is 29, Atlanta 28th and 12th, and then Toronto's making a rise back. So just to break this down, between fourth place and second to last, between fourth place and 13th place, we're looking at a difference here of 11 points and just even more between fifth place Columbus and say, we'll go ahead and include 12th place Atlanta, right? You're looking at a difference of five points. It's insanely compact. That's why every single point matters. Wins are multiplied right now. Those three points feel like nine points, honestly. And those draws are basically a must have. Losses are going to be scary. We're going to be looking around everywhere to see what other teams are playing i mean this is like every game that this middle middle of the eastern conference teams are playing i'm 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 paying attention to I'm watching
1: yeah no absolutely and anybody who says the mls is not exciting you just need to show them this these standings yeah like how can you not Sit there and say that this is exciting. Like I, I think I was saying in, uh, no, I was saying to a friend of mine earlier, it sucks that the EPL is starting to turn into like League One and Bundesliga with it, it being a two horse race essentially. Mm-hmm. This is anybody's race. Yes, Philly's at 45, NYC's at 42, Montreal's at 40, but four through 13. I mean, you could even throw DC in there if they found a run of form and everything landed right. They could make their way out of the basement still. Yeah. So, and if the wheels it, fall off and drop
0: off quick. Like it's
1: crucial. Yes. Yes. Um so looking and talking about playoffs real quick, the playoff predictions presented by 538.com have us at 27%. What makes that better? Orlando has dropped to 22%. Yeah. So, we are currently predicted to make the playoffs over Orlando that would make up for the, the loss, the season so far make up for the open uh, cup loss. Uh, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic with it. I'd be, I'd be thrilled.
0: Yeah. Just to finish above them would be great, but like I'm, I'm really holding out here. I want, I want this to be such poetic justice. I want to jump them in the power rankings. I mean, the supporter shield, and I want to jump them in the Eastern conference finals on September 4th. That's on Labor Day or Labor Day weekend, rather Um, eight o'clock game at drive pink. Oh, it's going to be so, so good, but 27% chance to make the playoffs. What? I can't recall what we were last week. Was it 25? Uh,
1: I thought it was a little higher than that, to be honest. And I should have put that down. I got to start putting that down when we do this.
0: Um, we'll track that though. We're going to track that throughout the season, obviously. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, at the the top of the show, real, real, or probably not top of the show, but after the, uh, Montreal game, rather big game, big game this weekend, Saturday 8 PM. We are going to get a rematch of the now Tati less Castellanos less NYCFC who has been struggling and I feel, um, cautiously optimistic i think i've used that a few times this season like I, I feel i don't want to get cocky or jinx anything but you know i feel good with our chances to compete in this game it's going to be a, a really really good time on saturday
1: yeah absolutely to just quickly go back 34 percent was the uh last one i have on record so uh go probably because like i go to imagine
0: third. that's because there's multiple teams at 30 and it just got more compact yeah, no, I
1: agree. Um, but yeah, so as you alluded to, we are playing NYCFC. Uh, I know this is one of your favorite segments, giving you a little history of our opponents, Larry even me though something. they are part of Citigroup, and Citigroup has no history. It is all bought. Boo. They were founded in 2013. They can't even play in a proper stadium. They play at Yankee Stadium or Citi Field. Boo. Ironically enough, they play at Citi Field. I don't know why I never put that together. Uh, <laughs> nicknames. The citizens, Boo. not citizens, citizens, the Bronx Blues, uh, and your favorite, Jay, the go. pigeons. <laughs> yeah,
0: Birdman. That's the sound of pigeon makes, right? Or yeah, like a,
1: yeah, that's or right. Quail, At least you know. didn't screech like an eagle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <Trophy. tip> <laughs> Trophies won. Unfortunately, they won the MLS in its entirety last year that's the only thing that their oil money has bought them uh all-time series versus us five (laughs) to nil to nil uh yeah so
0: so so (laughs) you're telling me there's a chance to finally get on the board in in some capacity
1: i'm telling you what my dj self is putting 10 bucks down on us to win this game oh man i'm doing it i'm doing it
0: don't break the bank on us now
1: uh, well, I got to keep that bankroll a little hidden from, from the misses so she doesn't beat me. I kid, I kid. All right, so recent run of form. They have three wins, one draw, one loss. However, as you alluded to, Jay, Tati was around for all three of those wins. After he left, they kind of fell off, uh, including the game against us. Players to watch, uh, Alfredo and Maxi Morales. Uh, I always like watching both those guys play. Tiago Andrade. Uh and Sean Johnson. I would say Alex Cowens, but it's official. Today, he is no longer going to be available for our match. That's Which good. is a major positive for us as much as I like Alex Callens
0: That's good for us, but they still um, have uh, Talis Magno. uh Really, really shifty uh Brazilian. And they also have Herbert, which is, I guess, right now the heir apparent to Tati Castellanos until they probably sign another DP striker. So... Uh, they have a nickname for their squad outside of their actual nicknames, uh, for like a sub squad in there, the Brazilian mafia. I think there's like seven Brazilians on this team. I'm all for that type of structure here, but they still got some heavy hitters, but they seem to kind of lost their identity without Tati and they've been struggling and we have to capitalize on this. No Callens is absolutely massive. Uh, was not paying attention to that. That is news to me. You just made me pretty damn happy for the rest of the night. So thank you there, sir.
1: Yeah, I, I only know because I need to move him off my fantasy roster. So there's that. Um, but so match predictions, I'm going to go 2-2. I, I think it's going to be a case of letting letting them get to us early and we're going to have to fight it back out. Um, I think we do. Uh, La Familia pulls us through for a game-tying goal. Uh, I think it's going to be a little too little too late. Um but you know, as we've said before, as we've seen all season, they get that game time goal. That 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 winner is right around the quarter. It, it could very well be right there. So again, I'm going two two draw.
0: I'm taking two one Inter Miami just because we play well at home, <laughs> and of course they've been struggling without Tati. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I, I and you know, they don't have Collins. He's one of the best backs in the league, so. This feels good. This feels right. We need to. Probability would say we got a pretty damn good shot of of at least drawing or winning because you can't you can't never do one of those things. So I'm rolling off probability. I'm going two one, Inter Miami eight o'clock at night. Hopefully there's no delays or anything like that. Hopefully it's a cooler night. It's going to be uh, a very very good time. Outside of that, Senor, what games? Are you watching
1: i kind of feel bad because i feel like i always have this team in my in my teams to watch you're, uh but this one's massive fan. for us
0: i, I said that I no what I was saying
1: about not this. it's not that team uh so i have uh red bull versus orlando obviously because if orlando loses and we draw our win we get to jump them baby yep. um But besides that, Orlando's struggling. Red Bulls are in; it's still in the middle of a massive implosion. It doesn't make any sense with the talent they have on their roster. Um, So it could be an all-in-all interesting game.
0: I think Red Bulls is going to want revenge for falling apart in the Open Cup because that's really the only bright spot of this season, I'd say, Orlando's had out of maybe the the early games this season. Uh, What was that, like a 5-1 beatdown in the Open Cup? Something ridiculous like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, think- Lewis scored the opener and then Orlando just ran wild on him. Yeah. So, um, besides that, I'm looking at uh, it was Atlanta versus Cincinnati. Uh, again, two teams that are very close to us and needs points. Uh, it, it, like you already alluded to, I could sit there and talk about either one of these games uh, in depth, but we're going to be paying attention to all the teams that are around us. Uh, so, we probably could have put four or five different. Games up there. We could have put Columbus up there. We could have put a few. But what do you, what game are you watching?
0: Yeah. So just not to to sound too repetitive here. I'll be watching those games you mentioned. Also going to watch Philly, Chicago. Uh, also going to watch. Um, where's the other one I was talking about? Uh, DC United in New England. I really would love to see Taxi Fontes, uh do some work and and, and create a, a, a either a draw or a losing situation. Uh, for the rev the rev have been trending up so that's something I'm gonna be uh, paying attention to but yeah just kind of really like you said like I said just watching those teams that are around right around us um this is where you know for people like us we find the sport exciting um but there's also like these extra bonuses like especially in like EPL when you when you're not only watching the top of the table for who's gonna win the shield but you're also watching the relegation the bottom three right the closest thing we have to that is just the, the outside impacts of this condensed middle field. You know, the, those games are going to be more exciting to watch. Uh, going to be uh, more emotions in them and stuff like that. So, you know, I think this is going to be honestly a trend unless we just go on like a seven game win streak and really separate. This is going to be the way the rest of the season is. And it's going to be, you know, you're not only going to be able to watch Inter Miami and, and be, excited about that but you're also gonna have these other games where, where you can have some you know added bonus and uh you know a little higher stakes it makes the games more interesting of teams that you would probably not really watch on a regular basis
1: no to be honest uh last weekend i turned on notifications for every team in the eastern conference <laughs> because it, it, it's that time of the year like it's that close to that time of year we're gonna have to keep up with them but I digress. Uh, moving on to major headlines from the MLS this past weekend. Uh, if you live under a rock, you would be the only one not to know that the MLS All-Stars beat Liga MX 2-1 to one last night. Uh, Carlos Vela and Raul Ruiz Diaz scored for the MLS uh, in what some are saying is the turning point for the MLS against uh, Liga MX. What do you think, Jay?
0: I could I could see that, and you could. I mean, it was an all star game. Sorry, it's like a friendly, right? But like the Mexico players were, were you know, getting a little upset there towards the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, Vela had this pretty standard yet still beautiful uh, header. rueda Diaz got a, a penalty, and then uh, Alvarez brought it back off a uh, an assist from Vega in the 85th minute. Well, not brought it back, but at least got on the board to finish two one. And and yeah, I agree. I mean, that coupled with. uh the Concacaf Champions League, that that Seattle one in MLS's, you know, the first MLS team to win, going back to what was that? Probably a year ago, last August, I believe it was when I was in Tulum, and and then we were watching the game at, at like a casino. the the um, the What was that? The leagues, nations league, or whatever. It was, it was, it was Dosaseto, and then got another one on. Them. So like, it really does feel like the turning point. Is now like it, we're, we're experiencing it, and uh, that's that's always refreshing, right? I mean, obviously, we want to see America do well, we want to see this league grow and get more respect. It's only going to attract more talent here and raise the league as a whole, so yeah, I'm really happy with that.
1: Yeah, no, me too. I mean, I will be honest, I didn't watch it, I never generally watch any all star game because I, I put it right up there with like a mid season friendly. I don't want to see any of the big names get hurt. And honestly, I know it's fan service, but it just it never appealed to me. Just kind of like the Pro Bowl where they flew everybody out to Hawaii. I was like, eh. But mm-hmm. um, I did make the first thing I do did, did the next morning watch to watch the highlights of the game, and I was I was pretty impressed. Not gonna lie, I was pretty impressed with the fight the boys put up
0: and and putting. It- not to sorry to cut you off there, buddy. We also won the skills challenge the day prior, and Hani Mukhtar had a lovely uh, crossbar hit for midfield to to it was basically like a tie tie kind of game at that point, you know, they were going back and forth. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just a thorough, thorough, good, good weekend for America.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Jay, I'm going to let you take this next one because it has to deal with, uh, the blues from Chelsea. Uh, you want to go ahead and run this by everybody. Yeah. So,
0: uh, Matt, uh, Miazga signed on a free to FC Cincinnati from Chelsea after only appearing twice for the blues. And like, honestly, I, can't even remember <laughs> when this guy played, so I'm not really upset about it. Uh, it seems like a pretty good acquisition for Cincy. Uh, you know, as much as much shit as the whole league had gave Cincy for what, like five years now. Um, part of me is happy that that they're finally doing well. Um, I don't know why. Uh, you know, I, I I know someone that that actually you know works with the team, works for the team. Uh, I was talking to him, like, I don't know, like a year or something ago. And uh, I was like, hey, dude, like, I, I get the pain too. But, you know, they're breaking away. They're starting to, to get a team that's competitive. So I'm kind of hoping that Inter-Miami follows that uh, that same trend. Obviously, it's been a rough couple seasons. Uh, the fans that have stuck around this long are are true fans and, and won't be going anywhere. But I do think eventually things will get, uh, get better. And, um, you know, I think that's a good signing for Cincy. We'll see how that develops.
1: Yeah, so uh, he was part of that wonderful uh, loan program that Chelsea has, where they buy people That's up just to get do. them off other rosters That's and loan them out. It's um like He came out is. of the New York. Yeah, he came out of New York Red Bull Academy. He is from Clifton, New Jersey, and actually plays center back for the U.S. Men's National Team, uh, where he won the Concacaf Gold Cup in 2017 and the Concacaf Nations League in 2021. So, good on you, Cynthia. It seems like a good pickup for them. And as you said.
0: So like the U20, I'm glad to see them. 23 or something.
1: No, it, oh, from what, what the, it says right here, see the scene. it was the CONCACAF Nations League champion.
0: Man, I must be losing my mind. I, I just don't even like. I, he has, yeah. I just don't really remember yeah. too much of him.
1: Uh, because he literally appeared twice between 2016 and 2022 for you. He was at Vitesse, Nance, Redding, Anderlecht, and Alvarez. Well, I'm referring that more time.
0: to like, the, the men's national team. He's been on the scene Ah, since like 2015, and I just can't recall him, really.
1: Yeah. Um, But anyways, this is not the FC Cincy podcast. This is the Inter-Miami podcast. And ironically enough, we are not going to talk about Inter-Miami. We're going to talk about the LA Galaxy for a minute. LA Galaxy uh, took advantage of the absolute dumpster fire. Let's just call it the landfill fire. That is Barcelona. Uh, Signing a really intriguing young prospect, Ricky Puig. Um,
0: I actually... Whatever it is, what it is. I had to go. I didn't know either. I learned that this week. I was like, that doesn't even, okay. If you say so it's peach. Yeah. All
1: right. Well I'm going to go with what I said because I butcher names. That's what I'm known for here. Um, Interesting young prospect. Uh, He, he just got buried under the roster. I mean, to be fair, you have to be a pretty big standout to even be in uh, the starting 11 for Barca. So uh, good on you LA. I don't have too much to add to that unless
0: you do. I do not, buddy. I do not. All right. What other news we got going around uh, inner Miami? Let's bring it back to the inner Miami podcast, baby. All right, we are going to do
1: the rapid fire news section here. Uh, inner Miami is hosting a food drive this weekend uh, at the New York City FC game. Fans who participate will earn a ten percent off coupon at the team store because uh, that'll take a few dimes off the. $500 boom box. I want to pick up one of these times I'm down there. Uh, if you are wanting to drop off items, they're requesting items such as jelly, whole grain, low sugar, cereal, rice, beans, mac and cheese, pasta, soups, applesauce, etc. See intermiami.com for the full list. Uh, the drop off locations are gate one, gate two gate three and the inner miami fan zone uh take time out of your day to go ahead and help those who are in need uh definitely go to folks that definitely need it right now so try to try to at least bring something even just bring a can of soup that'll that'll mean the world to folks
0: what if i told you that i know how to get that boom box you want for about a hundred plus dollars cheaper
1: i would not complain uh, we could talk about that all right we'll
0: talk about that off mic
1: all right up next uh continuing on the theme of the all-star match Benja kermeshi kobe thomas israel boatwright as well as coach javier morales uh secured a win late in the day for the next pro all-star squad and kermeshi actually scored a pretty pretty nice goal toronto player went up laid off a penalty uh and Benja smashed it right past the keeper who uh, didn't really have a chance? Uh, leveled at 2 2. And then, or, yeah, it was 2 2. And then they went on to secure it. I think they scored in the 86th and the 89th minute. And uh, the one thing that we really want to note from that, inter Miami, had the highest number of representatives from the academy in the league. Like we've been talking about, our academy is good. Listen to us. Yes, just yes. has to throw that out
0: there. We MLS, just keep talking about it. Next, him. man, it's a that's a good good exciting time for uh, for Miami. You know, it's in, in it's kind of a showcase to to players that we will see in the future. So if you don't check that out, please. It's MLS Pro or MLSnextPro.com. And uh and that's where they stream all the games. Have a game of the week, typically with much better camera angles. But go check that out. Also, if you're you know don't have anything to do on you know Sundays, typically I feel like the the, the home games are Sundays after a, a Saturday home game. Go get a tickets are cheap, much more intimate, smaller uh, fan base out there, and you can see them live. But uh, yeah, good on those. Uh, really, really excited to, to see that start to bleed into uh, to the first team. Uh, Peter Reese and Sky Rizzo. I did not roll that R properly. Sorry, everyone out there that I offended. Uh, they were selected to represent Inter Miami CF at the Special Olympics United Sports All-Star Game. And their team won 3-0. Shout out to them, baby.
1: Yeah. um, Peter Reese and sky will be returning to play for the Inter Miami special Olympic unified sports squad. And I believe, I apologize if I get this wrong, but Peter Reese actually scored the first ever goal for the special Olympics unified sports squad in 2021. Um, They have a game, I believe it's September 10th in Chicago. So as we get updates for them as well, we'll keep you posted. Um, It's awesome to see Inter Miami getting involved with that as well. Uh, Yeah pretty cool i like it um and then on to the first team deandre edlin was our lone representative at the mls all-star game uh, as we all know drake got snubbed for that uh he was subbed on at halftime had a very successful match helping the mls all-star claim the 2-1 victory as we mentioned before
0: Drake uh, will be there you want to add to drake will be there next yeah year. he didn't have enough games played to qualify when they did the voting uh deandre yedlin Love the man. Um, I, there's a good bit of influence for being on the, uh, the men's national team uh, as far as, as that selection there uh, as well. But let's bring us home with OnlyFans. All right.
1: Got a lot of them because you complained last time. So get ready. Here we go. I'm <laughs>
0: not complaining. You just nope, you you preface it like this is a lot of questions. And it was like three.
1: No, you, you complained that I didn't pump out the premium content. All right. All right. Give, me that. So, Give me that unfiltered. First question. What Inter Miami 2 player would you want to see signed to the first team next season?
0: Um, Hundle would be uh, one of my top choices for sure. Uh, and then uh, Kermeshi as well. I think those two are really well. I mean, there's there's a few. I think at some point, uh, Romeo is, is going to need a shot, right? He leads the uh, MLS next in, in assists. Um, you know, some people say other stats are aren't too great, but you know, uh, who cares about passing accuracy when you you're you're, you're you're completing the the crucial passes that lead to goal? So that's probably those three that, that, that yeah, I would pick. What would you go with?
1: I got to be honest, I was definitely tough on Romeo, and I watched the last three games, and he's definitely coming out of his shell. Uh, he's starting to come around, so I would had have, have him up there, um, not. I don't know. I got to be careful because I'm not sure Noah's exact situation right now. Yeah. I don't know what his contract is.
0: Yeah. I wanted to say, but
1: I wasn't sure. I'm going to go and say Noah because I have been touting him for a while. And I love the kid. He's the, uh, was it the Prince of Pembroke Pines? I kind of love him. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely love it. The Prince of Pembroke Pines Um, on the same token. I want to see George back up on the first team, George Acosta. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, I I just don't want to piggyback off yours, but we're in agreement. Kameshi and uh, Hundal, bring them both up. Uh, I think all of them would benefit immensely with training with the first team on a consistent basis, but also give us enough pop and flair in, in like the 75th to 90th minute to be able to help close out some games. Yeah. And um, if we, we do a loan push
0: Sean again, and we don't give him playing time, I'm going to start to have some beef with that.
1: Yeah. Cause it's a little ridiculous here. Uh, moving on after sanctions are over, how soon can we start in air quotes demanding results?
0: Um, uh, hypothetically, I'm going to say we still have Campana here. Uh, and I'm going to say basically uh, instantly, absolutely. Instantly. I think, another year of sanctions of, of not having the, the full, um, roster in terms of like money, right. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty instantaneous. Pozuelo by this team by that time will be, uh, a leader of this team. Uh, the other players will have developed. We'll see McVeigh continue. We'll see Sailor continue. Mabika continue. Bryce Duke Will be a stud by then. Emerson will be what by that time a year or two away from his MLS MVP run. I think that once the sanctions are done, um, you know we're going to start to to. I don't I don't want to see another season where we're fighting out out of the bottom. I want to be submitted in there. I'm not going to be unrealistic and say, oh, if we're not first or second or third, like we're upset, but we should be above the playoff line for most of the season after that Uh, we'll have an influx of ability to, to use our cash. Um, I think we're going to see some, some signings, you know, potentially, uh, you know, messy, something like that by the time. Uh, But we're also going to have, um, you know, Gonzalo will be retired. Uh, we're going to have our two DP spots back unless Pizarro absolutely becomes a stud and wants to come back and we want him back. Um, So, you know, I think we're coming into, what is that going to be? The 2024 season um, with Pozuelo. Two DPs, we don't really know what they look like yet, but uh, it'll be great to have them because, I mean, for the most part of the season, we were playing with no DPs, right? Because Gonzalo wasn't even really playing. Um, I'm expecting results basically right away. I really think will be competitive, very competitive.
1: I agree. The only player I think you'd left out of that list is our stud center back who is injured this year, Ian Frey. I'm yes. still really high on him. Yes, Good Um point. Ian, uh actually have heard rumblings. He might be back for the end of the season because his recovery is going that well. Hey, so you Give me a defender that can break uh, ankles
0: and score goals. We'll take it.
1: Yep. That, uh, and uh, with then him, Let's Sailor. not forget
0: our boy either, Drake Callender, will be – yeah. You know, top keeper in the league, hopefully by then. Top two. If know? he
1: doesn't if he doesn't get picked up by somebody if any Barcelona doesn't ways, steal him away. But Barcelona is gonna be dissolved in the next two years. Um, anyways, uh next question. This is an interesting one. We really only have about 250k in GAM left in sanctions for next year. So who would you move to pay that last
0: 250k? Who would I move? Oh, buddy boy. Uh, probably, I don't want to be mean. If Lassiter can't find his form again, then I think he is, uh, I don't know, is redundant a mean word. I think he might have to be the one that we sacrifice to the soccer gods. What do you okay. What, what, what would you go with?
1: Uh, part of me wants to decimate our midfield to a point, like not Pozuelo, but Not necessarily Gregory. So just say Mota then.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. I will not stand for sacrificing Breck Shea. And I don't think we can sacrifice Uyoya because Phil loved him too much.
1: No. I mean, dude, he's already been sacrificed. At the Inter-Miami 2 game, they were calling him Dane Shea. He isn't even Breck anymore. He's just Dane. (laughs) He he lost it. He got the red card and lost his name. Um, Lasseter, and I I know this is going to hurt you but. Jean Mota
0: got I mean, gotta I'm not going to say that it's not that, working. That would have hurt me. Yeah. I mean, I, I was expecting uh, a higher quality of play. I'm happy that he finally got his first goal unless he starts ripping them. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think we, we make that move. But, uh, I think Bryce Duke as he gets more games, he's really gonna be a full kind of, you know, ninety minute guy. So I don't know if, if Mota will be will be necessary, but I would probably get rid of Lassiter before uh Mota because we're gonna have Robbie Robinson back. And are we though? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. I mean Ari's got the speed, but like he's just really, really rusty coming off that injury still. So we'll see.
1: I guess my only argument, we don't have to get into this this episode, but would you really, in my mind, for that left-wing spot, I know he's not out there often, per se, but I would go Robbie Taylor, then Emerson, then Lassiter, and then Robbie. So, gaining Robbie Robinson back, are we really gaining anything at all? Like, I mean, we know he's going to be sitting out there, probably going to tweak his hamstring waking up in the morning one morning. And <laughs> this is not, like... This is not picking on the on the kid. I want to see him out there and succeeding. It's just a reality. I put it in our Discord, and I know I made some of the young young bucks have to look this up, but I said Robbie Robinson's hamstring is on the same level as Greg Oden's knee. Like, it just ain't working.
0: Crushing the kid, man. I mean, he's a Herman player of the year now. I, I think Robbie is a higher ceiling than Lassiter. I'm not ready to give up on Robbie yet. I think though
1: we both said at the beginning of the year, if Robbie didn't do anything this season,
0: we need to start looking at moving him.
1: Yeah, but I I, I, do
0: I meant that if he was playing for the entire season and he's injured, so all right. Well, I'm not going to kick the man while he's nursing an injury.
1: But, uh, I mean, <laughs> move on. Teach <to> them. <laughs> like this. This <laughs> no, Robbie. I mean, we know he listens to every episode. We, you know, we love you. Um all right, how much does losing Kim Poppy hurt our playoff chances, uh, or do you think higuain, uh and his current form can pull us through?
0: If you asked me a month ago, I'd said it would wreck it, um, but I think the Pozuelo uh, higuain combination is is just too nice right now. I think Robbie Taylor is really showing mm-hmm. up and in and being a, a really you know quality player. We need him, and then well, there's still you know, a lot of games left in this season, man. And I think Emerson, I think it's starting to click. I don't think it's going to be a super fast thing, but I think he's going to improve throughout the season. So it's going to depend on like how Coco does, right? Uh We've only got a very, very small sample of Coco. So if he can come in and at least be a backup striker, because Gonzalo will be getting gassed, Um, you know, I guess overall long-winded answers, Um it hurts us, but not, I'd say it's, 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 it's not that big of a deal anymore because Higuain is just, is just in his zone right now.
1: The, the caveat to that is if Higuain can continue his form, I yeah. would say we're good. If he all of a sudden gets uh old man leg syndrome here and, and decides that he's not going to be able to move like he has been, we're, we're going to be up the creek without a paddle. But yeah. as well, it stands right also, now, we're okay.
0: You know. Campana's had a, a couple goals that, you know, he, he, you know, had some, some beautiful play, like specifically like off that, uh, what was that, 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 either corner or cross where he kind of balled it over his shoulder, then drilled it. I want to say it was a, against Atlanta just across the face and and beautiful, beautiful goal. But a lot of Campana's goals are, he's a target man, right? He's right place, right time, just him service. Great with his head. But I think Iguain is, can create goals uh, to a higher degree than component and uh, Iguain really is not afraid to let them go from, from, you know, outside the box and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel pretty good. I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. Um, I think Gonzalo is going to have a, a pretty strong finish to the season. He's already at what eight goals. So he's tied with Campana now with uh, less games. I mean, if, if Campa- if we had Pozuelo to start this season, Gonzalo could literally be top three of the MVP race or the golden boot race. You know, he literally could be a a 13, 14, 15 goals right now. If he, we had pose if we had that beautiful service. So now that we have a more complete team, yeah, I'll I'll take it.
1: All right. Um, With all the injuries, the squad currently has, what kind of depth players should we look into bringing in next season?
0: We need more backs. We need more center backs and uh and we definitely need a left back. We need a true left back, you know. Uh, that's like probably the most pressing on the defense. Um because we, it seems like it just gets so thin. It just gets so thin so quick. I think we're we're pretty I'd say Decent with the, the wingers in the midfield. We could definitely use a, another um, attacking option because we don't know what's going to happen with Gonzalo if he finishes out and we have a pretty good end of the season. If we can you know win a couple games in the playoffs or something like that, I think they might exercise that, um, that contract option right there for the extra year. Um, so I'd probably say left back, another center back, and a, another backup striker. What would you go with?
1: Um, I would like to see... I agree with you all on all points, but I would also like to see another true backup center defensive mid. I want mm-hmm. somebody who's going to get in your face. Who's going to lock down the middle of the park, not afraid to go studs up in attack, tackle, but also not afraid to make a play out to the wingers or even move up the field and get into a uh, attacking position. Uh, it's very clear as day when Gregory goes down. Uh, and I know it's, like Ben Mota recently playing the center defensive mid spot, depending on what graphic you look at it again, but we need a true backup to Gregory. Yeah.
0: And Gregory needs to take a shot every now and then.
1: Um, yeah. I'm I'm okay with him shooting. I think he's done enough for the team where he's gets the green light to shoot whenever he has a relatively decent chance. Yep. yep. Um, final question. Has Pozuelo shown enough to be signed to one of our DP spots next year?
0: Absolutely. He ha- he would have to be. He, he would absolutely have to be. There's no way we could afford Pozuelo without a DP spot. I don't think there's any way you could work a, a, a TAM deal out of that. I mean, again, 2020 MVP. Um, absolutely hell of a deal by Henderson. I think it's a given Pozuelo's our DP. We'll see what happens with Iguain. Does he stay for another year? We'll either have two DP spots next year or one DP spot keeping Iguain and then two DP spots the following year. So 100%. Give Pizuelo the money he deserves, throw the tag on him, let's move forward.
1: I'm going to hold a little reservation, and I know it's comparing apples to oranges here, because I was saying the same thing about give Campana the money, let's go, let's get it done. And I'm not saying we shouldn't sign him, but I'm also trying to be cautious about the amount of money we have, the amount of spots we have, and what's currently being presented. Puzuelo has done well. And he's, he's, he's been electric since he got here, but it's also a short body of work. I want to give me a couple more weeks to flesh it out. Let's see how it plays. Um, I know he was decent up in Toronto. Obviously, he won the MLS MVP. But I want to make sure if we're committing to Pozzuolo, it's the absolute right decision for the, the entire team. The direction of the team. The, the squad in general, the the talent and knowledge he's going to bring to the youth players. It's got to be 100% right because we cannot afford to have another miss with a DP spot. I
0: I would have taken him as a DP right away, honestly. Like, I know we got the sweet kind of test drive, uh, right, for the for the rest of the season from Toronto. I mean, this man's been one of the most dominant forces in the league. That's his body of work, without without a doubt. We're not bringing in, you know, a Matuidi. We're not bringing in a... Uh, Pizarro or an Higuain who don't have MLS experience or bringing in someone who really understands the league who plays at a very high level and who gets results so yeah uh, I'll let you watch that but I'm already sold here buddy
1: alright man uh, well you know what hey we're done look at that we did it Good for us. You know, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on the latest episode of the Inter-Miami Podcast. Uh, You know, shout out to La Familia for being the best to do it in the MLS. Shout out to you, the listeners. We wouldn't be anything without you guys. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, If you want to find us on the social media, you can find us on Twitter at inter Podcast and on Instagram at Inter-Miami Podcast. Make sure you join our awesome Discord community. Uh, we have a great group of supporters. Offer up the latest shenanigans daily, especially heating up now that we have our own EPL Fantasy League, as well as our own MLS Fantasy League. It's getting spicy. Uh, yeah, that's where we're at, man. And as always, vamos Miami.
0: Vamos Miami.